We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. This Tuesday edition, along with Toby Rowland, my name is Chris Plank. We call this the game plan. And obviously, uh, a very unique week, I guess, is the best way to put it, because you're coming off a, a big-time basketball game. you got two huge home games. But, Toby, in the middle of all this excitement, looking forward to the bowl game, we have signing day sprinkled in on Wednesday. I... I haven't really figured out how to grasp this or how to make sense of this yet. Have you? No, no. It, it's uh, a signing day in December is really weird. I have no idea how to prepare for it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if coaches even know exactly who's signing and who's not yet. And so uh, this is odd. I think it's a good thing. Um, but the, the closer we get to it, the more and more things you're hearing out there about maybe it's not a good thing. So I don't know. I think we're just have to go through it once to uh, figure out, you know, the implications of it. What it, I guess the intriguing thing is for the commitments to every school, not just Oklahoma, but the commitments to every school who are committed, but choose not to sign on the early signing day. Um, you know, what are the ramifications of that? And how, you know, does it show that you're shaky? Does Do other teams start to smell blood in the water and swoop in at that point? Uh, this, this is really interesting. And you're right. It has created an incredibly busy month, busier than normal yep. for a football coaching staff, all of them, um, who already are getting ready for bowl games and, uh, uh, and recruiting. And now you've got a signing day in the middle of it. So uh, fascinating times. 
Yeah, and I, I guess maybe we, we can say this. It's going to it, – in everything that we have, in what our responsibilities are, Toby, it's being treated as if the normal signing day. I mean, everything that we would normally do in February, we're doing in December, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, as far as uh, TV shows and, and uh, streams and all that kind of stuff, I think this is going to be the big one, you know? I, yeah. I think for the big schools like Oklahoma, the early signing day is going to be bigger as far as numbers-wise, not necessarily important, although you could argue that, um, than the one in February now. So, um, yeah, this, this is, this is going to be very interesting to see how Wednesday goes across the nation. From uh, moving past recruiting, you and I had a chance to sit down last Thursday night and spent an hour previewing Oklahoma and Georgia. Uh, as as we're taping this, Kirby Smart's doing uh, a media availability, and obviously we'll hear from all the coaches on Wednesday during signing day. But uh, the more you read, the more you research on Georgia, is it fair to say the more impressed you are? Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, I, I, I was uh... – I knew they were really good before you start looking into them. And I don't want to sell them short in that regard at all, but certainly uh, the more video you watch, the more stats you, uh, you look at, the more people you talk about who have watched them on a game in game out basis all year long. Um, you start to realize the magnitude of the challenge uh, in, in front of Oklahoma in this game. I, I do think there um, are some areas that are vulnerabilities with Georgia. You know, so I, I don't I don't think it's an an impossible task. I think Oklahoma has a great opportunity to uh, win this football game, but they're going to have to play excellent. And every line of that Georgia defense, whether it's the nose tackle John Atkins or the linebackers Smith and Carter or Dominic Sanders in the defensive backfield, who's got 15 career interceptions, they're really really good. Um, so it's a it's a tall task to say the least. It'll be interesting to see early on if Oklahoma has success first couple of drives. And I said something similar to this during the TCU game. If OU has success the first couple of drives against Georgia, is that a shock to their system defensively? And likewise, if Georgia is able to stop OU the first couple of times they have the ball, is that a shock to the system for OU offensively, and does that carry throughout the rest of the game? So um, it's going to be tough, but, but we're less than two weeks away now, Chris. You know, it is only two weeks away, which is uh, amazing and also scary, you know, in the same vein, because this matchup that you've talked about and that you've in some ways have treated like the start of football season in my mind to where I try not to get too carried away. I try not to get too overly hyped. I try to pace myself, but yet here I am. When you, when you drop a date like that, you're like, Hey, you know, today we're only two weeks away. Then the juices get flowing a little bit more. And, and again, when I praise Georgia, it's not to, think that it's some unclimbable mountain, that it's some sort of foe that the Sooners can't overtake. I'm impressed with them, but I'm with you, Toby. I think if the Sooners can have some early success here, much like TCU, how does Georgia respond? Because when it happened to them, and it hasn't happened a ton, they haven't played a lot of really good offenses, honestly, this year. But when it happened against Auburn, in Auburn, they didn't respond very well. 
Yeah, and bowl games are different. You know, there's so much buildup to bowl games that, uh, especially the big ones like this, that that sometimes the team can throw an early haymaker and the other team panics. Right, and it, it makes it hard to uh, to ever come back from. I think honestly, that's why we've seen so many blowouts in these semifinals the last few years. Virtually every one of them has been lopsided. So uh, hopefully that's hopefully Oklahoma is the one that's able to. Uh, you know, to strike first and see if they can, because I don't know that Georgia, if you can get ahead of them by a couple of scores, I think that really takes Georgia out of what they like to do offensively, especially in the, if it's in the second half, you know, they want to go on ground ball control, time consuming drives and not necessarily force Jake Fromm to beat you with his arm. And I think he's a better passer than he's getting credit for. But obviously, that is not option number one for their offense. And if you can force a, an offense to do what they feel less comfortable with, then I think you got a chance. So the game plan to victory for OU is get ahead of them, force, OU, force Georgia to throw to try to catch up, and then hopefully they make mistakes when they try to do that. We're going to have a lot more on Georgia and the, the Rose Bowl coming up during, I guess you, you could say, Christmas week. Because on Tuesday's podcast, as I mentioned, Toby and I did a show, I guess we called it the StubHub Rose Bowl Special on Thursday. You'll have that show available uh, through the uh, podcast. And then we'll have tons of the press conferences and the sound because the team takes off for Pasadena on the 26th. So we'll have feet on the ground on the 26th. But before you take off, for Pasadena, Toby, you got a lot of big games coming up, man. How exciting has this college basketball season been for you and for Kevin Henry? Oh, man, uh, better than expected, and I had great expectations going into this year. Um, <laughs> you know, the win over Wichita State was such a statement win, and that follows on the heels of the win out at USC that I think was also a statement win. But to go on the road and beat the number three team in the country and Chris, the thing that jumped out at me from that was I felt like they were the better team. I felt like Oklahoma, after watching them on the floor for 40 minutes, was a was a better team than Wichita State. It wasn't a case of Wichita State having an off day and Oklahoma being incredibly hot. They weren't. They shot 40% from the field. I think they hit a third of their three-pointers. They played well, don't get me wrong, but they didn't play as good as they can. Kadeem Latin had a had a very poor game by his standard. And yet they still kept Wichita State at arm's length all day and, and won that game with, with relative ease. Not yeah. I don't want to say it was easy, but you know what I mean. I mean they 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 won that game on the road in a hostile crowd and it felt like they were the better team. And and that's a huge statement because Wichita State is widely considered a final four contender. And they weren't ranked number three in the country by accident. So, well, what does that mean for Oklahoma? Are are we supposed to now consider Oklahoma a contender? I mean, I don't even want to say it because then you start to, you know, you start to ask for ridicule. But instead of saying, well, what does Oklahoma have to do to make it into the NCAA tournament? You know, you and I do radio shows, and we had the conversation at the beginning of the year, my my partner T.J. Ferry and I, about what does OU have to do in the non-con. How many wins do they have to get to get into the NCAA tournament? Because they're supposed to be a middle-of-the-pack team in the Big 12. So if you assume they're going to win nine or ten games in conference play, 
That means they need to win this many games in non-con to try to get to 20, which is always a magic number. You know, Well, it's time to have that conversation again because it's no longer what do you got to do to get into the NCAA tournament. This team's getting in the NCAA tournament. Now it is how high of a seat could they possibly get? Is this a second weekend team, perhaps? <laughs> wow. Maybe beyond that? I mean, how good are they? Um, Trey Young is unbelievable. And it has taken nine games for the nation to start to compare him. Chris, they had a reel on TV Saturday where they compared him to Steph Curry, Steve Nash, and Damian Lillard. And they went through the clips of what he does and the clips of what those guys do. I mean, come on. That's three of the all-time greats in the NBA. He's not there yet, obviously, but he has been incredible. And the attention he garners and what that creates for his teammates, and now Brady Manick is starting to play really well, and Cam Modesti starting to play really well, and Christian James continues to play really well. Jamani McNeese had another great game the other day. Suddenly this looks like a team that it, it's not just a one-man show and they have a chance to have a really special season. As we've been talking here, uh, as we've been rolling, the rankings, the AP rankings have come out, and they moved up to 17, which, again, wow. it still seems to me, Toby, as nice of a jump as that is, that still seems to be a team that is incredibly underrated right now, especially when you consider that Wichita State, whom they just beat, is six spots ahead of them in the rankings. I know it's early, but... Beyond all of that and, and everything you brought up, still a almost criminally underrated team right now. Yeah, but that's a ten spot jump in the AP in one week yeah. with one with one win. So that's impressive. I you know I agree with you in that I think they might very well be a top ten team. Um, the next you know they got a chance though to continue to you know prove that this week they've got a. Uh, an okay Northwestern State team and then a good Northwestern team out of the Big Ten who uh, went to the NCAA tournament last year. You get two more wins this week, and I'm sure they'll be in the top 15. And then you open conference play at, where's TCU ranked? I'm not looking at the rankings right now. Oh, I did not look beyond that. G- give me one second, and I'll be able to pull it up for well, you they were t- I think they were 20 last week, so they might be ahead of Oklahoma. Um, I'm not sure, but uh, you open conference play at TCU two days before the Rose Bowl on a Saturday afternoon and a chance to, you know, wow. and then you got Bedlam after that and, and, they, and two days after the Rose Bowl and OSU got a big win against Florida State. So um, it's a challenging, challenging road ahead. But if Oklahoma legitimately deserves to be a top 10 team or beyond, they're going to have opportunities to prove it coming up. TCU in the AP poll, which again, uh, no shock here. We taped this on Monday, so it drops on Tuesday. TCU at 15 in the AP poll. Yeah. So, yeah. What are the rest of the Big 12 teams? Yeah. Uh, just real quick, in the top five, it's Nova, Michigan State, Arizona State, Duke, and North Carolina. You have West Virginia at 10, Kansas at 14, TCU at 15, Oklahoma at 17, Baylor at 18, Texas Tech. At 21, holy smokes, there's a lot of Big 12 team ranking, uh, ranked. And Oklahoma State and Texas, both in the also receiving votes category. Uh, if you extend it, it looks like Texas would be 29 and Oklahoma State would be 31. 
So that's six in the top 21, eight uh, receiving votes. And, uh, you know, not mentioned there was an Iowa State team that is getting hot. They just beat Northern Iowa. Yeah. And a Kansas State team, I think, is the other one you didn't mention there. And they had a nice one early year, too. I don't and I don't think they're going to be a pushover. So, um, you know, it looks like this is it might be the best team in college or the best conference in college basketball again this year. Certainly the SEC might have a claim and the Big Ten might have a claim. But what the Big 12 is doing right now is, is impressive. And um, maybe, cross your fingers, maybe this is the year somebody can knock off Kansas. Yeah, and, and think about this. Not that we would ever need to get carried away in giving kudos to, to Texas. But three losses on the season. One to the number one ranked team in the country by seven against Duke. One to a top 20 in, over- te- in overtime, right. One to a top 20 team in Gonzaga, a team they had beat, and they barely, in overtime. yeah, they barely get beat by Michigan. You mentioned Iowa State. They lost their first two games of the season, and guess what? They haven't lost since. And Kansas State, their only two losses are to, where's Arizona State at right now? Aren't they about a top five team? And then they got shocked. They got shocked by a Tulsa team that came out of nowhere and had one of their best shooting days and defensive days of the season. So, yeah, I, no, no gimmies, I think, in this conference at all this year. No. I mean, uh, I don't know the, the schedule beyond the first two weeks. I don't have it in front of me, but OU opens at TCU. Oh. Then they have Bedlam. And then they go to West Virginia wow. after that. So, And then, you know, it, doesn't, it, goes, it just goes on from there. I mean, every game is going to be – Brutal. You just open a stretch like that, you're not completely worn out by the time you get to the NCAA tournament. But anyway, back to the the present. The win at Wichita State, what that does for your resume in March, what it does for your national credibility now, and what it does for your self-belief as a team. Oklahoma got on that bus to head home from Wichita believing they could beat anybody. Yeah. You know, they just went to number three and handled them. And that kind of confidence is invaluable. Hey, before I let you go, Toby, and uh, again, it's the game plan right here on the Sooner Sports Podcast with Toby Rowland, brought to you by Allstate and the Riverwind Resort. Before I say adios, how important is it now to get people to buy in and get out to the LNC? Uh, You got two opportunities this week, excuse me, including tonight and then on what Friday night against Northwestern. Uh, This is a team that is well worth the price of admission. You're starting to see the crowds build a little bit. The time to jump on board is now, isn't it? I think they might be the most entertaining team in college basketball. They're the highest scoring team of the major conferences. They've got uh, the best freshman in America and the leading scorer in America. They're scoring over 90 points a game. Uh, it's a blast. I, I don't know how important it is. I, I think that um, they're going to go play great, whether they're 5,000 or 10,000 or 12,000 in the crowd. But I think, you know, I hope for their sake that they see the kind of support from Sooner fans that they deserve for the way that they've started this season. And I know you can watch games on TV and everything, but there's nothing like running out of that tunnel and looking around and seeing that the fans are there and they're excited about seeing you. And and from the fans' perspective, it's the holidays. You're looking for reasons to get out of the house or break up the Christmas shopping or whatever. Um, you know, come on out and, and show your support for this team. They got some great deals going on. I think you can get into the game Tuesday night for 10 bucks, sit in the student section, and I'm sure similar things will be going on on Friday. So um, I hope that it, the buzz continues to grow like it did, you know, 
buddy's year when they went to the Final Four. Amen. Because I, I think this is a uh, an opportunity to have another special season, maybe maybe like that one. Oh, by, by the way, you're coming off an interview with Sherry Cole. She's got an interesting one coming up tonight, doesn't she? UConn? <laughs> wow. That's going to be... Yeah, and Gino's going for his 1,000th career win tonight. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And, uh, but at least they're playing well going in, you know? I mean, that was a a 40-point win against an undefeated team on Saturday, and a nice win before that against South Florida. So if you're going to go face UConn, you'd like to be playing well and give yourself a puncher's chance. So who knows? Maybe they can uh, hold Geno to 999 tonight. Toby, have a great Christmas. Uh, I know you'll be all over Sooner Sports TV's recruiting coverage, and uh, can't wait to listen to you tonight and, of course, on Friday against Northwestern on the radio network, bud. Thanks, Blake. Yeah, Toby said it, man. This is a this is a fun team. I, I can't wait to get out and see them play this week. And as we mentioned, a tough one for Sherry Cole and the Sooners women's team tonight against North uh, UConn. But man, they have really been playing great basketball. All right, thank you for joining us for the game plan. By the way, I did want to give a shout out to Megs at Megs underscore Mn. I don't know if she's still with us, but she tweeted at us last week. She said, "I miss the hashtag game plan being all about football." Hashtag Oklahoma Sooners podcast. Don't worry, Megs. We've got you covered next week. Wall-to-wall coverage of Oklahoma and of Georgia in the Rose Bowl. But, I, you know, and that's part of it, too. I'll sell you. This basketball team's fun, man. Both men's and women's teams are well worth the price of admission, and we might be watching the best player in college basketball right here in Norman. Everyone have a great rest of your week. We'll be back with a Friday edition to completely recap everything from signing day and to get you ready for the Sooners hitting the road towards Pasadena to play Georgia in a four-team playoff. Until then, have a great holiday weekend. This is Chris Plank signing off on the Sooner Sports Podcast and saying Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the Air.